Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Cine Games Podcast. I'm your host this week, Mojo. I'm joined today with Jonah Sparks. Hey, everybody. What's up? And Nick Carr. SpongeBob SquarePants can suck a fucking fat cock. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, I know you're upset about what happened. We'll, we'll get into that here in a minute. But uh, We don't have a whole lot of film news, I believe. Uh, Jonah, we got anything? No. Tenant was delayed. Tenant was delayed again. And apparently that New Mutants is going to get delayed again. Oh, God. <laughs> because, Jesus. like, Mulan was in July. Yeah. It got moved back to August. Tenant was in July. Got moved back to August. Now New Mutants is, like, royally fucked. We, we started the show intent on reviewing films also, but there's really been nothing due to primarily COVID-19. Yeah, the coronavirus has kind of ruined movies right now. So but luckily, games are flourishing at the moment. Don't worry. Once this whole thing, you know... So fucking SpongeBob. ...calms down. <laughs> Listen, that's THQ for you, okay? All right. And look... I'm feeling your pain. I played one mission and I was fucking done. All right, so I'm glad I didn't buy. It's it. not that I don't like the game. The game's fine. Like it plays well. It, it's fun. It's just you're going to start all the way over. What? what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so you guys know I got. I was working on the plat. I needed two more spatulas. There's a hundred in the game. I had every other trophy, every other collectible. I needed two spatulas that you had to buy from Mr. Krabs. I would. Grinded up the currency, went and bought the second to last one I needed, went and picked it up. The game crashed on me, and it corrupted my save. It crashed five times in that one day, and it probably crashed six throughout my whole playthrough. So, like, I had 10 to 11 crashes, and it, it it's ruined. I, I deleted it, and I don't know if I'll go back to do it. All right, so what's your rating? <laughs> Before that, probably about a seven, eight. Now it's probably like a five because the game <laughs> runs like shit. And it crashes every time you do shit. And, and the thing is, it was always crashing at the same places. It mm. would crash like when I was grinding, I would kill this one enemy and it would crash there every time. Mm. So I quit killing that enemy. And then earlier when I was playing, it kept crashing when I'd fall off the map on this puzzle because I was trying to kill myself to reset something. And every time I would jump off in that place, it would it would crash. And then it just so happened when I went to buy Mr. Krabs' spatula, it crashed again. I hate crashes. Yeah, so. but that's horrible. I hate that that happened. But, I mean, on the good news, let me get my list pulled up here. I have, since our last show... Which we skipped a week due to The Last of Us Part 2, which is going to be primarily what we're talking about in this show. Pretty much, yeah. Since our last show... Was that the 20 questions one? Yeah. All right, well, then I... No, no, no. no, no, no. we... It was uh, the PS5. Yeah, yeah. PS5 reveal. Okay, yeah. well, I didn't talk about it there, but since I talked about it, I got Concrete Genie, Hitman Go, Batman the Enemy Within, Tekken 7, Life is Strange, Last of Us Part 2, and Minecraft Dungeons. That's Show that's off. an impressive list for two weeks. Show off. Would have had SpongeBob on there, but... <laughs> I only got... Uh, uh, Claire, uh, South Park, Stick of Truth. Which, by the way, going back to Claire, Claire's a really fun game. It's kind of scary. It's actually good. It's it's fun. I mean, if you fo- there's a whole like there's a whole guide on a uh, PSN profiles that you can follow, and you can start it on the hardest difficulty. And if you literally follow that guide step for step, you will get the plat. My only and one and just one playthrough. My only problem is I missed a butterfly that you need in the game, and. uh I had to go back and start it over, and I just went on the easiest difficulty, found all 12 butterflies, and finished nice. the game in like an hour and a half. 
Like the game's only probably top maybe three hours, two and a half, three hours, but it's it's fun. Um, the twist at the end's really cool, you know, for just a regular old side scrolling eight bit video game. Oh, it's a side scroller? Yeah. I thought it was like a live action FMV. No, that's Erica. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Claire, no. Erica. Yeah. Uh, close enough. I was thinking of Virginia for some reason. Virginia. I need to go back to Virginia. I need one trophy, I think, for that game for the plot. Uh, it's a really good game. It's like uh, it's like two hours long. It's a game that's made completely without dialogue. Oh, nice. And, but it actually tells a story, and it's pretty good at it, too. It, it's a fun game, and it's got a easy plot. I just missed like one trophy on yeah. my first playthrough. I got Rocket League. I had knocked out two trophies I needed for Rocket League and The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I got. Uh, but back to mine, I got Claire's Stick of Truth, um, which was so fun going back to that game. Uh, I I've forgotten how fun that game actually is. Um, I love Fractured Butthole, but Stick of Truth it's so much shorter. Yeah, and I feel like it flows better as a narrative story and full gameplay. Uh, but I still love Fractured Butthole because it's hilarious, but it, I feel like it drags on for way too long. And they try to add so much different stuff in it, like the time travel and farts and stupid shit like that. Yeah. Which I get's funny, but it's not, you know, I just want to beat the game. Throws the pacing off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. In Stick of Truth, it just, it gets, you have certain, like, points and it goes straight through it. And I get that in Fractured Butthole, they're trying to go bigger and better. But, you know, I think it was just a little bit too much. And then uh, also got um, Last of Us Part Two, of course, and got Star Wars Episode One Racer, um, which I which there's I also a, had that on my list for you to review that. Listen, there's a um, it's it's fun. It's literally just the port over from I said PlayStation Two to you earlier. It was from the Nintendo sixty four. They ported uh-huh. it over from the sixty four to the PlayStation 4. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, it's basically this, it's basically that same game, you know. Um, real, it's It was fun at first. Um, when I first got it, I was knocking out trophy after trophy after trophy um, just because it was really simple. Only problem is, um, apparently the developer <laughs> had some issues with the game and it wasn't syncing to the PlayStation Network. But the trophies counted and there was like a whole update for it and then once that happened, I popped more and more and more. And I unlock there's a, there you have to unlock Sebulba in by beating one race and you know finishing first in that race. I did that, and I was literally racing as Sebulba in another race, and the trophy would never pop. So I literally had to go through the circuit again to get to that race and then beat that race again. Which it wasn't too bad. Races last five minutes, so it's yeah. not too hard. Um, it's easily a game you can do in three to six hours, tops. The hardest part is um, uh, making sure you have enough money to buy upgrades, and making sure when you're switching like the earnings of the race because you can do that. You can do it to like fair, skilled, and winner take all. And fair, like it pretty much it's smaller amount of money. Uh, skilled, you only get like money if you get first or second place or third place. Um, but winner take all, it's literally all the money together that you could win, and you can only win money if you get first place. So you need to make sure that you have your money, and never buy from the store directly. Always go to the junkyard, um, and you have to get like the highest upgrades all at once. Like You have to have the highest upgrade for each different part of your pod, um, 
at once, uh, basically, and you can sort of cheese the system too if you go to Junkyard. And if you cycle through different racers, the Junkyard resets. And then if you have enough, and for certain racers, you get discounts on different parts. So that way you can end up buying all the parts. If you have enough money, don't buy straight from the Watto himself and just go to the Junkyard and then switch between racers. You can knock out that trophy pretty quick, which they did change a couple of the trophies. Really? Yeah. In one day, they changed three trophies because <laughs> used to, what you were able to do is enter in a cheat code. That was one of the that was one of the trophies. Enter use a cheat code. <laughs> and I was like, okay, and then you use this cheat code, and then you can unlock two pod racers. Well, two trophies are unlocking those two pod racers, so you can get three trophies right there. And those are the three trophies they actually changed. Um, <laughs> they, they changed all three of those trophies. One is to buy upgrade uh, your pit droids. Basically, buy all three of them. Um, you uh something uh, i can't remember what the other one was and then uh win a race as sebulba which i'm like okay good glad I, which i did that anyway because i had sebulba because i thought oh if i win the race as sebulba maybe it'll pop the fucking trophy for me but it didn't so uh but no uh it's a fun game i remember as a kid playing it on the 64 uh it was so fun. There is one level that is uh, super frustrating where if you literally do not slow down, you are on the bottom level of the track and you will never catch up. I played it a little bit as a kid, but I don't remember a whole lot from it. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's only got eight worlds. and it's So me and Nick Platinum, Nickelodeon Kart Racers, and our biggest one of the biggest problems with that is that it was the same tracks. Yeah, like over for, and over and over. Yeah. Except... It would, it would, they'd turn them backwards. Like but they, it's the still backwards, the same track. But that it's literally the same track. See, this one, they'd use the same tracks, but it'd be different paths. So that's the difference between mm, yeah. this and Nickelodeon Kart Racers is that you use the same planets and same tracks, just different paths. One of them, yeah, you got to go backwards through it, but it also like adds in stuff too that you normally wouldn't have to go through on a different side if you were racing in say, a different circuit so that is the cool thing about that um but no it's a fun little game no problem at all i definitely it's easily an eight nine um you know only thing would be better if they'd actually updated and fully remastered it to like hd that would have been awesome but awesome i'm not gonna complain too much about it so. awesome so we'll knock out a little bit of news here first before we jump into our review of the last of us part two uh, we got a look at Marvel's Avengers yeah. by Crystal Dynamics. Yeah, um, looks a lot better than it did when we first saw. Absolutely, it. like when we when it when we first got gameplay footage, or just like the story footage at E3, what two years ago? Yeah, something like that. Um, you know, it, it looked fine, but oh, yeah. I wasn't, I, and I was hot for it because it's just Avengers. But seeing this the other day, uh, no, I'm like. All in. Yeah, it looks a lot better now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like, And, again, when we saw this two years ago, you know, the team was still working on it and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, no, it looks polished as hell. And I'm down for it. Cannot wait for the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, we have something that one person at this table will be extremely excited about. The announcement of Skate 4. Yep. In development. It's probably a few years off. Well, they didn't call hey, it Skate 4. Who the hell knows what coming. they're going to do. Yeah. But there's a new skate game coming. Yeah. Hopefully it's just as good as the other three. That's all I asked. 
<laughs> we don't know when it's coming. Like, like uh, but. because they just started it, they were just like, you know what? Let Let's just yeah, go ahead. Green light, skate four. Okay, we're gonna announce it. Wait, what? Uh, just say you're working on it. We're just gonna have these two guys in their in their bedrooms just saying, hey, we're working on it. We're real excited. <laughs> it's a new skate game. Yeah, that was like a bombshell out of nowhere. I mean, it's I cool mean, and all, but that game's four years away. Yeah, probably. I Absolutely. wouldn't expect it till twenty twenty four at least. Yeah, something like that, because there ain't no way. Here's the fun. Here's the fun thing. <laughs> they announce this game now. We probably won't see it till like the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, if if they were already working on it, they'd at least had a, a trailer to show. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't even have like a cinematic trailer to no. show. So you know that they it's like spur it, of the it, moment. Four years may may be just a. Uh, I don't know what would you call it like a what do they call it shit it's on the tip of my tongue like a I don't know the word <laughs> that's being generous there we go uh, okay four years is being generous I don't know I think they can they can do it I mean least, I mean it depends I, I don't feel like looking up when one two and three how far away they were but yeah Okay, and also we had the announcement of Crash Bandicoot Four. It's about time. <laughs> Literally, it's about time with um, some gameplay. I mean, you want to be technical. The Crash Bandicoot, uh, I think it's Wrath of Cortex, is called Crash Four in Europe, but but we never got the actual yeah. Crash Four. But so. now we do, um, which is going to go great. You know, now with the Insane Trilogy. Yeah, you know, it, I mean that's updated, remastered. I'm and fucking everything. terrible at those games. I, I don't want to de- listen. I, I think I shared a video to our Facebook group of literally like 13 minutes of people raging over the Insane yeah. Trilogy. And it's easily done. Like yeah. the, the games are so... Fr- like, they're fun. They look fun. I, re- I re-downloaded them like last week and I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to try and play <laughs> no, I, I, saw, I saw you do that and I'm like, there ain't no way. I got to the same fucking level <laughs> that I got to in Crash 1. Couldn't fucking finish it. And I was like, no, I'm done. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly difficult. Like... Like, you see, when you do the Reignited Trilogy for Spyro, those games are fun, great, easy to plat. The Insane Trilogy for Crash, you ain't plat. Listen, if you platinum those games, exactly. (laughs) I don't know if you heard that, but my cat just went crazy. There we go. That's perfect. What corset right there? You are crazy. (laughs) And that even goes for Crash Team Racing. That game is even more difficult than the Insane Trilogy. Um, but that's neither here nor there. We know one person at this table that doesn't like Crash Bandicoot to begin yeah, with anyway. I'm starting to begin to think I don't fucking like it. <laughs> Hell, you hate SpongeBob, okay? Okay, moving on. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two has beat Spider-Man as the fastest-selling PS4 exclusive ever. Makes sense. I yeah. Mean, yeah, I mean, it's kind of surprising because it is Spider-Man. Yeah, like, Spider-Man's still. just such an iconic character, but still, I get it. The yeah. Last of Us, widely regarded, is one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah, yeah, and which we had been dying to see, you know, a fully updated Spider-Man game, and it looked great and everything. Yeah. But, you know, Last of Us, this game has been something we've anticipated for since they announced it a few years ago. Like, as far as PS4 owners go, everybody loves The Last of Us. <laughs> the first one, anyway. The first one. Okay, the first one. Yeah. We'll get into the second yeah, we'll, one. We'll get into that. Um, about how some people hate this game. But yeah. we'll get we'll get into that more. We'll dive into but that. But it, it makes sense, though. This game was highly anticipated. Even with the leaks coming out, yeah. people still wanted to play the game. And for what it's worth, the game is... I, I We'll get into it later. Yeah, we'll, we'll. But it makes sense that this game is the fastest-selling game, you know, on the PS4. Uh, 
Totally makes sense. <clears throat> Will that record get beat in the next couple months? Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. No, I doubt uh, it. I doubt I, it. I don't but. think anything's going to beat it for the PS4 generation. Well, <clears throat> we got we got about maybe five more months to yeah. figure it out, so okay. we'll see what happens. Next up, Square Enix is said to announce several new games over the next couple months. Yep. Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> Possible. possible. I mean, it's possible. And that, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. Yeah, well, that just put that in the bin. <laughs> yep. Not doing it. Not fucking doing it. Oh, I'm doing it. Nope. You do it. You go That's right ahead. Because I'm not touching it. Nope. After we've said it, I've said it enough on here. I'm so disappointed by that remake. Like at first, I loved it, but each day goes by, I hate that remake. I have my feelings about it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm still gonna play it. Okay, uh, up next, Iron Man VR is set to release July 3rd, so that's coming up pretty soon. That's Friday. Yep. <laughs> can't, can't wait. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not really, I'm not into VR games much, um, but that's definitely one I want. One, one of these days, you're going to get in there in the living room on your account, and you're going to get a play. Yeah, well, that's what I got. I got, well, hell, I just got to go in there right now and do it. You know, hell, Morgan's not here, so. I'll just get my camera. Get job simulator simulator that game. You'd like that. It's easy to play. It. Okay. Right. Uh Doctor Disrespect was banned from Twitch, possibly yeah. for good. Not a lot of details as to why, but he has been banned before and was when he was caught in twenty nineteen streaming from the bathroom <laughs> at E three. <laughs> that listen, I get that. Yeah, but, but it's that still, was it's, the it's, dumbest way dumbest yeah. thing for him to get um, I mean, there's nothing really to say about this. No one knows uh, anything, and Twitch, at this point, who cares? Twitch did re- uh, release a response. And, uh, don't read the response. I'm, I, I don't want you to because it's just a basic response. Yeah, yeah it, they banned him for unknown reasons, guidelines. and we we probably we will, probably won't know. We probably won't ever know. But, um, but people who did watch the stream, there is the video out there yeah, of his stream. You can tell he got really upset. He he got like, the message and the email and all that, and he yeah, kind of just went offline so abruptly. So. Yeah, so something happened that we have no knowledge of. Nobody does. Um, like I said, we'll never, we'll probably never find out what it was unless he comes out and tells everybody. Which, knowing Doctor Disrespect, he could definitely. I mean, he's. Yeah. He is a little loud and abrasive, but... He does it all behind his persona, but at the same time, not one of my favorite it's a, streamers. I, I like him. I liked him I a did, lot, but, I, I mean, it all depends on what he did. I mean... Like, I, I liked it how he really just, like, called out Fortnite for being what it is now. And, yeah. like, he I mean, he, he was a performer. That's what it was. Oh, absolutely. But, that was a whole persona. Yeah. Um, which, there's other things going on in his personal life yeah. that we definitely will not dive into here. But you know, we'll like I said, we'll never find out what what happened. Maybe, um, but yeah, Doctor Disrespect is no longer on Twitch. Um, I don't know if it's on your list, but you also got the news of Mixer. Yeah, no, Mixer I, closing I down. All about that. Mixer, yeah. uh, Mixer's done. Yeah, they're merging with Facebook Gaming. Yeah, so. and uh, somebody posted the GIF of Ninja yeah. <laughs> believing Mixer going back to Twitch. Hey, he don't give a fuck. No, no he, he's he making. A ton of money. Apparently, he's got a $30 million deal with them. And yeah. he is walking away with all that money after less than a year, I believe, yeah. of being on Mixer. I mean, yeah, he, he <laughs> don't yeah, care. No. <laughs> no. That, that's the thing. When when he joined Mixer, what was it, last year? Yeah, something like that. Uh, you know, it was big news because <laughs> Ninja is literally the most, one of the most popular streamers, yeah. possibly the most popular streamer out there. And for him to leave Twitch, which is 
the mecca of streaming yeah. games. But you can go right back to Twitch now if you wanted to. Yeah. yeah. Their, their contracts are completely void pretty much, and they can do whatever they yeah, want. Yeah, they're free agents now. Um, it, you know, he'll definitely go back to Twitch. That's where a lot of his friends play on. Um, but it, either way, you know, you can still play with people even if you're on different streaming platforms. But I know people also hate Ninja a little bit too because they think he's cocky, arrogant, yeah, all that. You kind of have to be to be a popular streamer. True, right? and the dude, he he is sometimes a bit of a dick. You can't just lay down and take shit from the comments like that's true. But I will say he is. It also shows how awesome of a dude he is by basically all the people who were contracted with Mixer that were literally losing a lot of money. He literally donated a ton of money to these people yeah. to keep their streams alive, to keep their you know their channels up and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I mean, he cares. He cares about dude's a good he cares dude. About dude is stuff. a good guy. Yeah. He can be a bra- be abrasive and a dick at some points, but the dude you, is a genuine. You can't good judge guy. people fully on their streaming persona. No, yeah. not at all. It's all for views. That's all they do. Yeah. Okay, last thing I got up on the list except, is... Well, real quick, except for Tim the Tech Man, dude, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Tim. Love Tim. Last thing I got to discuss is Ghost of Tsushima has gone gold ahead of schedule. Obviously created by Sucker Punch. Their, their uh, last title was released in 2014 as Infamous Second Sons. The game is set to release July 17th. <coughs> Woohoo. Cannot Congratulations. wait. Congratulations. I'm... Dying for this game. I'm excited. Oh, Cannot yeah. wait. Cannot wait. Yep. Uh, very, very one more thing it. before we get into it. Uh, well, two more things before we get into it. Uh, the Cyberpunk, not oh. li- not Wire or whatever it was called. Yeah. Didn't show a whole lot, but the people who had played it, their their comments sound really good. Yeah, so. I've heard nothing but positive things. Supposedly, about it. you got three different origin stories you can yeah, pick from. Yeah, we've known that for a while, you, but but it still. That's another game that's coming out. Yeah. Um, that's really on our right. I think top three games, I think all of us in our group are really looking forward to. Yeah. Are Ghost, Avengers, and then Cyberpunk. You know, they're all coming out pretty spread out too. Yeah. Um, July, September, and November, respectively. So. Then, uh, last thing I want to mention, I uh, watched Uncut Gems last night. Everybody like, watched that fucking movie. Did you like, how, like. Uh, I'm about midway through it. Actually. That movie is fucking flawless yes, I started I started it like a week ago and I fell asleep like halfway through Dude, I it just, is, it I, is I had to go to work the next that day that movie is so good it is nothing but stress all the way through mm-hmm. the whole time you were stressed out watching this happen and no spoilers but I the end of that movie is the first time in a long time that my heart literally sank like I felt like my whole body drop. At the ending of that movie. And oh, it, yeah. it's so powerful. It, that is such a good movie. It will, definitely. Speaking of powerful stories, let's jump into it. Okay, the first part of this review <laughs> oh, no. is going to be a no-spoiler review. And we're just going to cover the three major parts of video game. Gameplay, story, and graphics. We're not going to go into detail just yet. There will be a spoiler warning before we get into the spoiler section. Don't worry. We'll tell you to get out, whatever. But first off, I want to go with the gameplay. And we're just going to do rough overviews, how everybody feels about it. Uh, There's been mixed reviews, obviously, on how the gameplay isn't different enough from the original game and, you know, just stuff like that. Uh, I felt they improved on it a lot. And originally, I mean, the gameplay from the first one wasn't bad. Like, I mean, it wasn't the greatest gameplay in the world, obviously, but it, it was very solid. It functioned well. 
it was how you would expect a Naughty Dog game to play. And people are very upset. They're upset about other things, but this is one of the things that they seem to be upset by. They didn't change enough. And I don't think they needed to change it that much. I felt like the gameplay was solid as is, and they just improved upon upon it and made it more fluid. I I totally agree with you. They they added new gameplay features, you know. Yeah, something I didn't even know you could do that I just saw a video on Twitter of just real quick. It was the rope swing attack. No, well, I, I didn't see that. I, one of the things I did saw. Did one so. of the things I did see. <laughs> you could you actually have jump attacks. Like if you jump over a railing, you can mm-hmm. actually fall down and stab somebody. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, I didn't either. But but what I was talking about, I saw is uh, someone grabbed. A human enemy, you know, like you do, you grab them and you can stealth kill them. But they held them and walked up to a clicker, and the clicker grabbed the person out of their hands and killed them. Hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't. Like even, I never even thought about no, interacting. That, that's like awesome. That. No, but like, it's like the little details like that are amazing. But uh, speaking of Twitter, I literally saw an attack where you can literally swing on a rope and jump down, jump off the rope, and then like jump onto a clicker or a human and like stab them in the head. Yeah. See, I didn't know any I, of that. I had no possible. idea. I never really paid attention to that part. That's what makes this game so great. There's yeah, little it, details it's, you it's, miss. It really is just the little things that made it so much better. Like whenever you grab somebody and you have a silencer on your gun, and you, you don't have time to do a stealth kill because somebody's about to spot you. You just pull the trigger on the silencer. Mm-hmm. They're down. You can just move on real quick. Fastest it, way to stealth kill. And the thing is about this game, the game, which we'll get into the story here in a little bit, uh, gameplay wise, for me, I, I'm I'm with Mojo. Gameplay to me feels great. Yeah. Um. It, it it doesn't have to be that much different than the first one. That was so, what was so great about the first one. The first one's gameplay was really great. Yeah. Like why change? Why fix? Why fix something that's not broken, and just add to it? And they added different things to it. You know. Now the you have the little boat, little part that you can do the swimming yeah. part, the swimming aspect with Ellie, the the rope swings. You know, the different stealth maneuvers and various things you can do with your weapons. Um, you know, the new, like, trip tripwire bombs. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. Exploding arrows. Stuff like that. That really just enhance the game more and sort of make your sort of strategy how you're going to handle a group of enemies really makes you think how you're going to do this. Yeah, and there's a lot of versatility on how you do that. Oh, yeah, you can, like, you can see, like, three enemies. You can just throw oh, yeah. a pipe bomb at them, um, kill them all. You can stealth maneuver however. It's however you want to play. And that's what I really, really enjoyed about this game is that whatever your style is, if you're aggressive like me and you want to blow shit up, you can do that throughout this game. If you want to be stealthy and sneaky and... You know, just maneuver your way slowly by surprise. You can do that. If you want to mix your both, you can do that. It's basically what you want to do. And that's what I really love about games is when they let you control how you want to play. Mm-hmm. So yeah. The audio in this game also. Oh, freaking yeah. amazing. So great. I, like, Soundtrack also. Sound, yeah. uh, Gustavo. Mwah, perfecto. Um, even though he's like Mexican. <laughs> like when you come up on a building you immediately know, oh, there's a clicker in there. Or, yeah. oh, there's several clickers in there. Mm-hmm. There's several clickers and a couple runners in there. Immediately, just by walking close to the building, because you can hear the different sounds that they make. Yeah. And there's one point specifically where I knew that there was going to be a bunch of them coming out on me. Like, I had to move a dumpster and open a door, and I knew they were going to rush me. So before I opened the door, I, like, laid down a uh, trip bomb. 
Oh, I, I think I know which one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I, I laid down a trip bomb and set back with an incendiary shotgun, and I was ready to freaking go. Like, I opened the door and backed up, and I had two two bombs ready to go in succession, and they just all rushed me. And it, it was just such a great feeling being able to hear that they were in there, that you knew you were about to get jumped by a mob, and being able to prepare for it with the the things that they've been able to give you within this game, the tools and stuff like that. And uh, uh, real quick before Nick jumps into his gameplay, you know, what he thought about it. Um, speaking of the audio, too, I really liked, you know, how the, like, of course, it has that trope of games where, you know, once you're done with the room, the music stops. The music dies down. Yeah. The music, like, builds up intensity depending on what type of situation you're in. And then also, depending on where your character is positioned and where someone else is and the way you're looking, if you have headsets on, you can literally hear it. Say if you're turned facing one way and the person's on your right, yeah. you can hear it in your right ear but not your left ear. And then if you turn around, you can hear it in your left ear, not your right ear. Yeah. Like that, And that's what I did. I played this game with my headset on the entire time just so I could capture every little bit of it. And going back to the score, that is so much a character in this game. Like that never has a score mattered more than in mm. this game and how it just, it becomes its own character and you know ways that this, when the music, when certain music hits, you know something's about to go down, you're in a sort of softer moment, stuff like that. But, you know, it really is just a character in and of itself. So, yeah, I agree with everything you guys are saying. And, one thing that I love about this game, which was one of my big complaints with Final Fantasy VII, everywhere you go, there's something there. Yeah. Whether it's a collectible or Parts. just just like environmental storytelling. Mm-hmm. No yeah. matter where you go, you will find something interesting. There's always like a scene of dialogue wherever you go talking about one little thing. Or, or just like ammo or yeah. just supplies. Yeah. Like, that you don't ever feel like you went somewhere and you feel like, why wow, there was no point in me going here at all. Yeah. And, it, like, even the bodies you find laying on the ground, generally generally there'll be, like, a note or something explaining yeah. how they died or who they were or what happened there. Mm-hmm. And there'll be so much detail as to either did they turn into a clicker and die or they, did they shoot themselves in the head? Yeah. Like there's just so much little details put into this game. Which that goes back into like the artifacts that you collect throughout the game that you need for the plot, um, which we all three have. But, you know, if you actually read those, you know, different notes and stuff that you have. So much world building. Oh, absolutely. Like it makes it so much more. You can see how they made Last of Us 2. You know, just by the notes from the first game. You know, now you're seeing this, you can definitely see a Last of Us 3. Or they're building towards this HBO series. Something along those lines, you can see the world building in all the artifacts that you do. There are the occasional nods that you get, like the Nathan Drake ring. Um, or Jack the, and Daxter. The precursor orb from Jack and Daxter. Stuff like that. You know, little nods to Naughty Dog themselves. But then there's, like, notes that you see how this world got to the way it was even more so than what you already knew in the first game. Um, and then you have the, so much more to get into, like in the war between the wolves and Sephirots, or Scars, however you want to call them, um, even the Rattlers, which we'll get into later on. Uh, but 
even fireflies are mentioned in this game again. Yeah. Um, so it's all really dependent upon what you find and if you actually pay attention to what the notes and artifacts that you find are saying. And yeah, definitely make sure you're reading those notes because there's just so much detail in them. Yeah. What was uh, next that you had? Like, okay, next up we are going to talk about the graphics. Oh, uh, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, gorgeous. absolutely. That's it. Like, it's beautiful. Like, <clears throat> Seattle is a great town anyway. Like, it's a gorgeous town to begin with, but to be able to portray it in that type of way um, did it a lot better than, say, Infamous Second Son did, which is set in Seattle. I thought that didn't do as much justice to the city as this game does. Yeah. Um, and w- I think it was you and me that talked about it. The, the design of that they actually put CenturyLink Field in, yeah. the home of the Seattle yeah. Seahawks, they put that in the actual game, and it is literally spot-on perfect. Not only that, but places like the aquarium, the Ferris wheel. Oh, yeah. I, I had to go back and Google pictures. and They, like, they yeah, literally got it down it, to a T. It's freaking amazing. Yeah, and like it, it's almost just like Spider-Man in the sense how they got Manhattan and New York down to like perfection. I can't remember the name of the coffee shop, but there's so many of those coffee shops all over the place. Like, and oh, I, Boston's. Yeah, that's what it is. I, I assume they're supposed to be Starbucks. Yeah, but yeah, obviously copyright reasons. But it makes sense, right? Oh, absolutely. There's Starbucks Which, everywhere. I, I don't. I don't know if it's necessarily copyright because they got a lot of stuff in there that was technically considered copyright. I mean, you, <laughs> the part when you're in the hospital, um, searching for Nora, and she's listening. To uh, yeah, but I mean, a, they go they go through licenses. Yeah, right? I know that, but I'm just saying you could have gotten the Starbucks license if you wanted to, but yeah, it wasn't necessary because right. in the first game they have stuff like that. That's yeah, there, there's quite, there's but about three that I can think of off the top of my head. Just uh, um, covers. Oh yeah, well two covers, two covers and, and one, one actual, actual song. song. Yeah, yeah. Because in the hot in the hospital part, you have uh, it was today good, was a good, good day, day, and you have Ellie. You have Ellie's uh, Pearl take, Jam. Well, Ellie and Joel. Yeah. And then you have yeah. her singing Take On Me. Yeah. If you get to that point in the uh, yeah. music shop. Just a little side story yeah. thing. But, you completely miss it. Oh, yeah, if you don't pay attention to it. Very missable. And the fact that goes back into the gameplay, too. On the guitar, you can actually play, yeah. like, legitimate songs. Yeah, if you know the chords and everything, you can play full-on songs. Yeah, like people have been covering yeah. songs. Like, on. the the one I shared the other day was Hurt by Johnny Cash yeah. or and Nine Inch Nails. Um, you can literally play that. And that <laughs> it's crazy how functional fantastic. it is. Yes. Like, that's the best use of a touchpad ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like nobody really knows what touchpad's for half the time. I'm so that is the best. Usually it's opening up the map yeah. or opening up your inventory or and something it, like it's that. It's a click. It's not even a tap. No, like this, you got to swipe this shit. Like, if it, it, so much, going back to the detail, they put so much into this game. Even the tiny Easter eggs that are throughout the entire game. Uh Fantastic, you know the nods to again Jack and Dexter when they have the PS3s that are out there, which got brought up to me too. You know, like people are like, well, why do they don't have the PS4? Well, when the outbreak happened, the PS4 technically hadn't been released. The yet. only one that was released was the place, the fat PlayStation Three. Yeah, um, so that's why you see the PlayStation Three throughout the and, game. Uh, and you don't see also fours. another small detail, like you were talking about uh, that Pearl Jam song. Yeah. The, the album that that song is on came out after the outbreak day, but that song was, was released yep. as a single on YouTube mm-hmm. before outbreak day. So that's, that's a nice little detail. Like, 
Um, also, if you didn't notice in Ellie's bedroom at the start of the game, if you notice to the far right, you see the toy that she got, um, that she stole in the first game, is sitting there on the shelf. A little robot thing? Yeah. I, I didn't that, know that. Is, that's the that first thing I noticed as soon as I was walking around. I'm like, holy shit, that's, that's the toy that she stole. Like, if you go back and see that one part, you can see the toy that she stole from the first game. Hmm. That That's amazing. Okay. So, <clears throat> we, we're going to talk about the thing everyone has problems with. Yeah. So, uh, spoilers yes, from here on definitely out. spoilers. Just, just uh, base level stuff. I think we all really enjoyed the story. Yeah. The, yeah. the game is great. Play uh, the game. Form your own opinion. Don't listen to the reviews. If we're going around the room, <clears throat> score. Oh, 10. I love this game. Ten. Ten. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. And you should all play it. No we hadn't what. discussed this prior to recording. No, not we at did, all. We, we had, had a little – me and Jonah have talked a little bit. We're yeah, not too much. Together, but but um, no, overall, this game is so much fun. Don't listen to the negative side of this. Form your own opinion on this, definitely. If at the end of when you're playing this game, if you feel like you don't like the game, that's perfectly fine. But at least play the game and sort of – Think about the decisions that are made throughout and really fully understand why those decisions were made. Like, you can't... And you can see why we formulated our opinions. You can't take this game at face value. The leaks do nothing for you. No. No. Absolutely You need to know the context of everything. Absolutely. Like, if you sit through this game and just take everything the way it was given to you, you're going to hate it. The Naughty Dog is really great, especially with the Last of Us series, about giving you a game that you have to think about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's what most people are not doing. They're not sitting down. They're not thinking about what they just played. They're not considering the actions of everybody involved. And sort of the process that the entire cast and crew of this game has to go through to make this story the way it is and the sacrifices that they make. Um, but no, this definitely is just a fun, fantastic game. I I would almost consider it to say it's the best game on the PS4 generation. Oh yeah, by easily, far, in easily. my opinion. And that well, I mean, uh, Persona Five is pretty good. <laughs> like, and I'm saying that coming from a guy who loves Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. and I think that's flawless in and of itself. And I. Not saying Horizon Zero Dawn's still not my favorite game, but overall, there's some <clears throat> tiny. Yeah, there's thing. a difference between favorite and best. Yeah, if we're favorite, it's Horizon Zero Dawn. Best, it's Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, and I, and I can flat out say that with full intent, purpose, I, and I'm, confidence. I'm glad to hear your all's opinion on that because I I don't know like. That's the way I am with games generally. It takes me a few weeks before I can genu- uh, generate a viable opinion because mm-hmm. I've got like these, I don't know if you call them graduation goggles or what, but like after I beat a game, it's uh, I, I love the game typically for a couple weeks until I can think about everything. And once I look back in retrospective, I'm, I just, it's either great or eh. But this is... This has beat Last of Us Part 1, in my opinion. Last of Us Part 1 was my favorite game of all time. This is now my favorite game of all time. And, and that's sort of why we didn't have the episode last week, because we were still, at this time last week, you know, I was still, these two had already beaten it, and I was just at the very end of it, and, you know, I still hadn't really had a chance to formulate my opinion, and then going back through getting the platinum, playing basically through the game pretty much again um, to get the plat. Um, 
you know, that, that really – getting the plat for this game and having to play through it on New Game Plus really drove home that this is the best game. Being able to play it twice in quick succession like that. Yeah. Knowing everything that you know and then going through and playing how you kind of want to play in New Game Plus, doing what you got to do. Yeah, it definitely drives home that point that this is the best game released on the PlayStation 4. So oh, far, yeah. let's so. let's just get straight into it. Yep, spoilers, spoilers ahead. Um, yeah, this is the point of no return. If you've not finished the game, not played the game, whatever, please stop listening now. If you don't care about spoilers, go ahead, keep listening because we're going to get into it. I'm going to give five second countdown. Stopping now, though, if you haven't been. That was a count up. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, <laughs> you've been warned. That's it. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, I have been dying to talk to everybody about everything because we can't talk. To to certain people in our friend group because they haven't beat the game. Which Jeff, thankfully, finally has. And Patrick also. And So, so we can talk to Patrick and Jeff, but we can't talk to Damon about it because yeah. he's... He, he's getting there. He's getting there. It's going to take him a little bit, but he's finally getting there, but it feels so good to actually talk about this game. But I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and start out with my opinion that I've talked about already to some of you guys. I like Abby better than Ellie. I, I, I get that. I do. I, I I feel you. The way the game plays out, at the end of the game, I'm more sympathetic towards Abby. Yeah. And and you understand why she does what she does. Yes. You understand why she kills Joel because Joel killed her dad. Like I told Damon, I told Damon, I was I told him that, and he was because he was talking and he was like. Uh, the same thing that we all three had. Mm-hmm. Whenever you start playing as her, you're you're like, I do not want to fucking play as her. No, no, I'm like, no, they're not doing this shit to me. Fuck you, not. And I told no. him, I said, wait, I said because at the end of that game, I like Abby more. And he got to the part uh, he learned about the, Abby's dad. Abby's dad, yeah. and he's like, I he's like, I get that. it. He's like, I understand where you guys are coming from and, now. And he says, I actually kind of care now. Yeah, because. It gives her story purpose in this game. Exactly. Because it goes back to what we said a couple of weeks ago. You know, the events of the ending of the first game was going to come back to bite Joel in the ass hard. And it does because he makes this decision. It's the domino effect, the butterfly effect, if you want to call it. Joel does something that he doesn't need to do, but he makes a selfish act. Yep. Doesn't care who he hurts in the process of saving this girl just so he can get this satisfaction of having that daughter again after he lost Sarah yep. early in the first game. But then you don't see the other side of the coin of how this affects other people until this game when you see that Abby's dad is the surgeon that's going to be performing the surgery on Ellie. I love that you slurred your words and you said the slurgeon. <laughs> slurgeon. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, sorry for pointing that out. There. <laughs> anyway, this game has drove me to drink a little bit. Uh, I'm kidding. Totally got. I got water right here. Maybe I don't know. It could be Coke Seven Up Sprite. Whatever. All right. Can we uh, can we back up and talk about Joel first? Because everyone seems to be of the consensus that Joel was disrespected in some way. No. No. And absolutely Joel's not. character was treated like garbage, and everyone loved Joel. Here's my argument to that: Joel's death was necessary. Yeah. Because it sets for it gives Ellie a purpose for the game. I mean, if yeah. Joel doesn't die. What's Ellie's purpose to go out and do? What's the purpose of the damn game? You have to have something, a catalyst event, to set off the story. And that's what's great about the game is that it has this big major event so early in the game. Like, we had all talked about Joel was going to die in this game. I didn't expect it the first two hours of this game. 
that yeah. Joel's gone, which and you you get to see him later on in the game in different little flashback scenes, which again I was right on. There were a bunch of flashbacks, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you get to see those scenes and sort of how their his and Ellie's relationship developed. But you talk about Joel and people say that the decision he makes by trusting this girl that he's never met, that he's saving. If you notice, him and Tommy are trying to get these people to come to Jackson because it's safe. They have been living in this safe environment for a few years now. They don't, I mean... They're not out to do... They're not hunters anymore. No, they're they're just protecting themselves, getting clickers and walkers and runners or whatever. You they're know, not. They're not out there expecting to find a group and kill them. They're out there to clear out any roamers. And if they find a group of people, bring them in to build your community. Exactly. Up. That's what they're doing. And people are like, "Oh, well, they. I don't know how. Why would they tell them their real names? Why would they not fucking tell them their real names? Because why? they want to build. Because you're trying to build confidence with these people. <sighs> hey, my name's Joel. What's your name? Joel. Joel doesn't think that. He doesn't know. Being out in he's he's in Seattle now. I mean, they're that far away. He well, don't think that people. They're in are, Wyoming. Well, but, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but, they're in Jackson, but he doesn't expect every fucking person that was a fly, firefly is now going after him in Jackson. I mean, he probably has some suspicions, yeah. but he doesn't think that this random girl that is being chased by a horde of fucking clickers and runners and all this is the daughter of the surgeon you killed in the first game. He, he doesn't know, know that. that. No. Like he's being he's it shows how much Joel's character has changed. Yeah, he, from the first game. He's and, trying to be a good guy. He's trying to help her. And that's what that's what Jackson's been about and what we sort of learn about Jackson is that they bring in new people all the time. And, and then people are like, "Well, why would he go with her? Why would he go with her to her group?" Because they're in fucking trouble. And she offered this spot up. She knew what she was going to do. She did. Because. Yeah. But Joel didn't know. Joel's trying to save himself and Tommy at the same time, try to keep themselves alive. But also, going back to this, this is what happens when you let your guard down, too, because he's been so comfortable for the past four or five years. He's been so comfortable in Jackson. And the one time you let your guard down is the time that you die. Yeah. But at the same time, in that moment, when Abby, when Abby was about to swing down that golf club, and you see that look, Abby or uh, Joel and Ellie make eye contact for that moment. And even though there's no dialogue, even though we don't get any last words from Joel, that was Troy Baker's big moment. Like that was the only thing he could do, is give that look. Which Troy Baker, if you follow Kind of Funny, which they're a great group of people that you know love video games just as much as all of us, um, they do the spoiler cast that they have, and they did one with Ashley Johnson, who voices, who plays Ellie, Neil Druckmann, the the director of The Last of Us Part Two and One, and then Troy Baker, and Troy has heard the criticisms of that. And he has sort of taken the blame for not getting the message across more. That in his head, in Joel's head, he was thinking, I would have done it all over again. Yes. and Which he says to Ellie later on in a flashback. Yeah. But and, and the thing is, I wish the cool line that he thought of that he didn't say at that point, which would have been really great, instead of when he's looking there and his like last word is like, Sarah, that would have been so fucking great. Like, Talk about that part being emotional in and of itself 
for him to just say Sarah. See, that, I, don't, I don't. I think that would have ruined it. I think it's been it's been so much longer. I don't. That's not that's not what's on his mind at all times now. Ellie is what is on his but mind. But I think at that point he's about he's he knows he's getting ready to die and he probably sees Sarah at that point. I mean, yeah, but and, and it, because that's what he looks at Ellie as. Ellie is his new Sarah. Yeah, and that's the daughter that he you know of course doesn't have anymore. But that that's to me. I feel like if he had if they put one little line of dialogue that would have drove the point. The scene's great. I'm not trying to argue that the scene's not great and that it's not perfect. But to add a little bit more emotion to it, to say Sarah's name would have been like, I, I would have bawled harder as a, as a grown man than I already did at that scene to begin with. But I would have cried a lot harder. And Then again, I don't think he has any any strength to even say anything. No. Oh, That's, no. At I mean, that point, you know, when your head's been beat in and your legs, lower left, right leg's been shot off, I mean... I mean, we don't know how long exactly she was beating the shit out of him. Let's say it was ten minutes. I mean, like, you got to uh, think how long it took Ellie to get there. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot longer than that. Yeah, probably thirty, maybe an hour. Yeah, yeah who, who knows how long it yeah. took? Like he was at his limit. Like he was, there was nothing left in him hardly. No, and but it, I don't know if having any dialogue at that point would have, like, giving us any kind of uh, closure. Yeah. whatsoever would have helped like because that was just so far gone and the rest of the game is nothing but rage towards abby well True. not the rest of the game but well the first half of the yeah. game that's that's the thing that yeah we had to have something to fight for and they gave us something to fight exactly for. they gave us a reason they to go gave to you the plot point they gave you the event that happens and that's what sets everything in motion you know, that's you have to have something to set the plot in motion. The first game, you have to have. Oh, we the go, we our guns have been sold. We need to get our guns back. Oh, now I need you to escort this little girl to this area, to this group of fireflies. Hand her off. But they're dead. Now you got to take her across the country. You know, you have to have something to set the plot in motion. And if it involves a character dying, it, that happens. It happens in movies all the time. Like, movies are number... Like, you kill people off really quick. Like, in the first Scream movie, people were shocked as hell that Drew Barrymore, who is a big star, is on the fucking poster of the first Scream movie, is killed within the first ten minutes. Like, yeah. You why, why would you promote this girl if she's only in the first ten minutes of the film? Because it sets the fucking thing in motion. You mm-hmm. Characters die all the time in movies and games. You have to have a some point and what better way to set Ellie off on a revenge mission to go get this bitch I mean people complain about this game because Joel the hero quotations dies immediately look at look at Game of Thrones everybody loves Game of Thrones except Mm -hmm. for that last season what happens in Game of Thrones every fucking hero dies every fucking good person in that world dies but everybody talks about that's the greatest show and book in the world okay why is that different yeah it's not in any way. And that's what I don't get about this game. And I think the, the part of the reason why is the fact of the character design of Abby and the fact that she is a girl taking down Joel. That That's that's the... I mean, yeah, obviously. That, that's people, literally, people that's literally so the reason why that. people are upset about Joel. They wouldn't have cared if Joel died. That's not the thing. It's the fact that it's this 18-year-old girl that beats him to death with a golf club that looks yeah. like the Incredible fucking Hulk. Um, you know, that, that's that's everybody's big problem with it. And it's like, I don't care 
it happens. The, yeah, it's any, not, it's, this ain't a nice world. No, it's not. <laughs> and Joel no, is, Nobody gets a fucking happy ending in this. No, nobody. No, here's the thing. Joel, as much as you love him, he is not a nice dude. No. no. Other than the sacrifice making for Ellie. I mean, he he in his heart, he's a nice guy, but he's not... In this, in this world, he is not this amazingly unflawed yeah. hero character. Like He's the, not. Like like we said, the dude goes into, when he makes this decision, kills all these people just so he can save this girl. Yeah. Without even thinking mm-hmm. of the consequences of this big decision. If you just, and which we get into it later when we find out that, you know, Ellie wanted that. Yeah. Because she wanted her life to matter. And that Joel took that away from her. And that's the thing. If Joel just lets that happen, you don't have The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. Like, it, you don't. I mean, every action has consequences. And that's what you learn about this game from the very start. And that's what it gets into when it, at the turning point at the end of Seattle Day 3 with Ellie. When you see all the stuff you've done as Ellie over the past three days in Seattle, that shit comes back to bite you really fucking hard mm-hmm. when you start to play as Abby in the second half of the game. I was dreading everything. Like, oh my god. Especially my second playthrough. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was playing as Ellie, I was... Every single one of those deaths hurt me. Except for maybe the bitch scar guy. That was the greatest line of dialogue ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, how'd you find us? Uh, I just kept asking about the dude with the bitch scar across his face. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but... Uh, and people talk about Ellie's character development. Listen, she's pissed. Mm-hmm. And the way she's, the way you see her in the first game, she's more of this reserved person. You know, she gets angry when she wants to because she goes off on David when, you know, David's trying to eat her <laughs> and yeah. kill her. You know, and you see that and you hear the scene and you hear David scream and all that stuff of Ellie beating the shit out of him, killing him. Well, you get that same scene in this game when she goes against Nora. Like, and you're sitting there pressing square. In the first game, you don't get to do that. Yeah. Like, you get David down, and then it's cutscene. Like, in this game, you actually get to control it. And you can see it in her eyes that she does not want to do this. But she needs to get this information. And what other way to do it than to beat the shit out of somebody? She doesn't want to do that, but that's the choice she has to make to do what she's got to do. I mean, to get the information she needs. You sometimes have to do that. Because, guess what? That happens in, in every fucking thing else. If you need information, somebody's not going to tell you, you got to force them to give it to you in some way. And that's what she does. And she gets the information that she needs to know to go to the aquarium and stuff like that. And you can even see in the decisions she makes when she meets Mel and Owen there in the aquarium. And she tries to pull off the Joel trick of where you have somebody point Mm -hmm. at one thing and go ask the second person. And if they match... Whatever, you leave yeah. them alone or you kill them or whatever. If they don't match, you beat them senseless until they do. But she's not Joel. She doesn't have the control over the situation that he has. No, and especially and when, when he's trying to find information out from David's camp. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. he's got those tied people tied down and getting the information that way. Mel and Owen are not, you know, tied down. They're literally just sitting right there. She doesn't have, like you said, she does not have control of the situation whatsoever. And then she makes a rash decision by killing Mel, who we find well, out first. Is, first, she shoots Owen. She shoots Owen. Yeah. And but then, then we find out yeah. that you know. So then she shoots Mel uncharacteristically because again, she does not have control of the situation. And when then, then you find out that Mel's pregnant, 
which you kind of found that out at the beginning yeah. when Owen mentions that to Abby when you're first playing as Abby. But see, I had forgot about that at that point. I did too I because mean. I was so invested in getting revenge on Abby <laughs> that when that scene happens and she kills Mel, it's like, oh my God, Ellie has just killed a child. She has just killed Mel. And then she... It hurt Alice. Me. And she, you can see Al- that. When I found out that that was, that, that was Alice later yeah. on, I'm like, oh my God, Ellie is a monster. Not only Alice, but Bear too. Yeah. Like if you look back, you remember, and that was that was yeah. so well done. Like midway through Ellie's story, you're just fighting this random uh, band of wolves, and it's a little ways after they introduce the dogs, and you just shoot one of the dogs, not even thinking any about anything about it, and somebody yells out, "Bear, no!" And then later on, once you start playing as Abby. Uh, you go into the kennels and all that stuff, and there's a dog there. And it's not Alice. It's Bear. It's Bear, the one you play fetch with. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that's the thing. And that's what I really liked about this game. I went back and forth on this, and I've kind of told you all this. I went back and forth on how I feel about Abby as a whole and all that stuff. But the fact that this game shows you the perspective from the other side. It's something that's different that we just, don't see much of. Just like in the first one, to us playing this game, the Fireflies are the enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, through the first game. Through the first game. The Fireflies are the enemy. Yeah. But if you look at it from their side, which you do a little bit in this one, not much, but... You're literally just seeing they're trying Joel to... is the enemy to them. Yes. And in this game, the thing that goes that hits home so hard with me is this game shows exactly what that struggle's like. Yeah. For Ellie, Abby and all of her friends are the enemy. But then you go and you play as Abby and you you remember all the things you've done as Ellie and you watch how they go how they hurt Ellie, or uh, Abby and you see from their point of view all they wanted to do was take out Joel. Yeah. She killed Abby's dad, Abby wanted or he killed Abby's dad and Abby wanted to take him out. And that's what she that's got what her she did. That's all she did. And then you go through his Ellie and you kill all of her friends that were there and just to get to Abby. And then playing as Abby, you see all of this destruction that Ellie causes and you see how it weighs on her. And from her point of view, Ellie is the enemy. Ellie and Tommy. I mean, whenever after you kill Mel and Owen and you go back to the theater... And then you have that scene where Abby figures out that's where they were. Mm-hmm. And at first, I'm like, man, I don't. How does she just find them? And then you find out later that she she had dropped the map, and that's how she realizes they're at the theater. Yeah. Which I didn't catch it on my first playthrough, but obviously I was looking for it on the second playthrough. Yeah. And whenever Tommy's pulling Ellie out, you can see the map clearly laying on the ground. Yeah. And and then. She comes in there and she has that line. Like they they go running because they hear Tommy struggling, mm-hmm. and her and Jesse go running, and Jesse gets shot. Yeah. And yeah, you get that line from Abby, which is so strong. She says, "We let you live, and you wasted it." Yeah, they wasn't after them. No, they were only and, after Joel. And they could have easily easily killed Abby, Ellie and Tommy Abby in that is, moment. Abby is the one who stopped them yeah. from killing them. Yeah, she said no. She said, we got what we wanted. And that's it. And you can tell continuously through throughout Abby's storyline that she is trying to make her life mean something 
or trying to help someone else in order to make herself feel better about what she did to Joel because she feels so much guilt about it. Like, even after, like, she never got the gratification she wanted. Yeah, I mean, after she kills Joel, she doesn't have the feeling that she wants. Like, yeah, she doesn't, she know, doesn't go out and fucking celebrate like, or throw a party. She's not happy about it. No. I mean, it didn't give, it didn't bring her dad back. It didn't bring her any kind of joy, but she did what she set out to do, and then she was done. Because she realizes the choices that she made, you know, didn't have to be made like that. Yeah, and the choices that... I mean, to be fair, the choices that she made there caused all of her friends to die. Again, every action has a consequence. Exactly. You don't get off scot-free in this in this world. And that's what I think at the very end of the game when you're fighting Abby for the last time, yeah. that when Ellie stops in that moment because Abby because Ellie realizes that there's no point. Yeah. There's literally no point. I have all this anger and rage and I'm willing to lose everything to kill you for what you've done. And then she doesn't do it. She realizes that what's it matter? She's lost everything. It's not going to stop anything. No. Nothing changes from her killing Abby. No. In this at this point. The only thing she does is it gets rid of one other person. Yeah. She's like, "Oh, I got I got the girl that got Joel." That But yeah. then again, you but she's lost everything. Exactly. because But then you would also have Ellie feel the same way Abby does of not getting that gratification yep. and satisfaction of killing Abby for what she did because Abby didn't feel that way after she did what she did to Joel. You know, that's the thing about this. It's symmetry. That's yep. what this that, game it's, is. It's all symmetry. Everything everything on each side is equal. Yeah. I mean. And, but, and she, you know, she... Uh, she loses Dina when she goes back to the house. Yep. She loses the ability to play the guitar yep. because she got because you know Ab- Abby bit her two left fingers got <laughs> that, bitten. That's off. crazy. Yeah. That 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 part hit me harder than almost anything in this game was when she sits down to play mm-hmm. the guitar and, and she, she play. and she has lost the last connection she has to Joel. Yeah, but her anger and her chase for revenge has lost everything that she has that she's built for built towards. Even yeah. the smallest little connection of playing the guitar. Yeah. Like, she's probably lost... She, I don't know if she'll ever... We don't know if she'll tell Tommy that she didn't kill Abby. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once he said... Once she does tell him... Because that's her thing now. Yeah. Does she tell Tommy yeah. that I didn't kill Abby? Abby yeah. is still out there. Does she lose that trust with Tommy? Again, it goes back to Joel not telling Ellie about her decision. Yeah. Or about his decision. Like... So that's what's going to set towards the Last of Us Part Three. We listen; it's not being confirmed that the Last of Us Part Three is happening. I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that right now. Yeah, they have laid the groundwork for a three so clear in this game, and that's that's the great thing about Neil Druckmann as a storyteller. And this game, it just hits you on so many different levels. Like I look, like you and me talked about. Um, emotional moments that got us one besides the Joel death the one that really got to me and you at the same time was the museum flashback yeah the birthday gift oh yeah that was that 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 one hit me a lot um having lost my father and us going to different things and museums and stuff like that you know it brought back memories of stuff and time that I had with him uh, when I was younger and did all these different things that I thought were so cool um and just to see that moment, you know, play, playing in that moment, you know, 
really puts life in perspective. Um, but I also love that too because I know I'm getting a little sentimental, but I also get into more fun side. The Jurassic Park references throughout that entire museum is like <laughs> yeah. that. That's exactly how I want to be with my child whenever that happens, or how my dad was with me yeah. when he mentioned stuff like that. You know, that's the exact same type of conversation. Like he would mention stuff and say, "It's oh, that's in a movie," and I'm like, "Really? Let's see this movie. I want to see what it's about." You know, yeah. Ellie's never seen Jurassic Park, and he brings up all these different points about Jurassic Park. And, and that flashback is just—it's perfect showing what things could have been. Yeah, it's just what what could have been, how happy they could have been together. But again, Joel made the selfish selfish decision to get what he wanted. Even if it meant costing him everything. People yeah. like to argue that Joel isn't in this game enough. But I would I think go he's as in far it to say enough. that this is Joel's game. If you look at it from this perspective, everything that happens in this game is linked to Joel. Well, yeah. I mean, everything. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's just... Which... Uh, that's but, just a product of the last but, one. Y- I feel like the, I mean the first game. The first game is definitely Joel's game. I feel like this is to me. I feel like this is more Ellie and Abby. Yeah, I that, mean that's what it is. That, it, it's Ellie and Abby's story, and with a little bit of Joel sprinkled in. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, Joel plays a big part in the first two hours of the game, and then you, the flashbacks, and then um, towards the end of the game when you get the one flashback when she's playing the guitar and that she, porch scene. The porch was scene so powerful. Yeah. yeah. That, that was uh, where she because uh, <clears throat> beforehand, yeah. before that, the only thing they said she had said after uh, was the um, I don't want, I don't know what you want to call it the ball that big party they yeah, had the, yeah. the barnyard where, party because the, the barn that was the first time they had talked in since um, she had told or she had found out that. There was a cure, and that Joel did that. Yeah, two and years. That was the first time that any words were said between them. And then you get, um, from there, the next thing they talk is when they're on the porch. Yeah, and that's when they kind of re reconcile a little bit. And Ellie's like, "I don't know if I can ever forgive you, but I'm I'm willing to try." Yeah. And the thing is, and knowing what you know, they never get that, never get that chance. No, because like whenever they're at the beginning of the game, going through the snow, when her and Dina are, um, like doing reconnaissance and searching and all that, she's she's like, "What are you gonna do tonight?" And she's like, "I don't know. I'm thinking about, uh, I'm thinking about inviting Joel over for a movie night." Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, "Oh, you're you guys are on good terms now." And she's like, "Well, kind of." Yeah. And. I mean, you get that, and that never happens. They yeah. never have that chance to, to really bond reconnect. again, yeah. and that, it, it's powerful. That's what's so great about this game, dude, is that there's, like, again, I keep saying it, but every choice, every action has a consequence. And the moments that it shows you in this game, by the use of flashbacks, people can say flashbacks are a cheap way to tell a story, and they kind of are, because, you know, you're filling in information that you don't necessarily need to sometimes, but in some cases, flashbacks work, and yeah. for this film, for, for this film, it's like a film. It is, but it's this, very for this cinematic. game, flashbacks work to perfection because they're used in the right way. The and the, again, the whole perspective thing, and again, you also see when you're talking about how Abby doesn't feel the satisfaction after killing Joel, and 
you sort of see that throughout her playthrough and change, trying to figure out the person she wants to be when she literally betrays her own group of people to help these two that are on the opposing side. Yeah. Like, they, like you see how much she changes as a person from the moment you meet her and start playing as her to to that point, to the end of the game, where she's literally doing everything for... for, for um, What's his name? Owen? No. Um, Lev. Lev. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lev. She's literally doing everything for Lev. Yeah. Like, she literally goes and kills her own group of people. Yeah. For, when, for as small of a role as Lev had. He's so important. Yeah. How complex was that character? Oh, yeah. For, I mean, he. at first I just thought of him as uh, Atreus 2.0. But well, I don't know how much you guys know, but Lev yeah, is, is a trans character. Yeah. They're they're talking about she asked him, she's like, Why why are they after you? And he's like, Because I cut my hair. Yeah. He cut his hair because he wanted to be a soldier. But women can't be soldiers. Yeah. Like he was supposed to be a bride or something for one of the elders. Yeah. Yep. And a little ways into the gameplay, you start hearing the uh, Seraphites start calling him. Yeah, they use his Lily. dead name. They call. They start calling him Lily. Yep, Lily's over there. Hey, it's Lily. Mm-hmm. And then you have that really powerful scene where Abby and Lev are talking, and Lev He's is like, "Did like, you hear what they called me?" Yeah, and, and she she's, she says, "Yeah," and he says, "Do you want to ask me about yeah, it?" Yeah, and, and she she's says, like, "No." Do you want me to ask yeah. you about it? And he says, "No." He's like, "Okay then." Or she's just like, "Okay, that's fine. I want to ask then." But again, it goes back to showing how much her character has grown and changed from when you first meet her and mm-hmm. how much hate you have for her to the point where you actually start to care for her much more than you do as Ellie yeah. because you're seeing why she does the things that she does. You're seeing her downfall. Yeah. And you're just seeing her become a terrible person and losing everything in her life because of this one mission she has. Yeah. Um, real quick, um, if I have to give some negatives about this game, Tiny negatives. Um, I hate how the Rattlers were introduced there at the very end, and we didn't get much explanation on them, but I feel like that's going to be explained in part three, maybe. Um, See, this is what you and Patrick both said, but to me, I don't have a problem with it because that's just this world. That just shows it doesn't matter where you go. You don't need explanation. There's always these groups of people that are just out But that's that's what I'm saying. You know in the first game you have the Fireflies, and that's it. Yeah. But at the same time, there's also these groups out there, like the Wolves were already forming, um, then the Seraphites, because this war that they've had has been going on for a while now. Yeah. So you know that those two groups are out there. Like now that you think back and watch the first game, while you're doing everything in the first game, those two are still going at it. And then the Rattlers just get introduced there at the very end. I would have liked to know more about them. And secondly, I didn't like Dina at all. I thought I thought she was kind of a nuisance and annoyance. I liked Dina a lot. I didn't. I but, did until we found out she was pregnant. Yeah. She became useless. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that's well, the, that's the symmetry. That's, yeah. That's the symmetry of Dina being pregnant, Mel being pregnant, and Mel being pregnant. And when after you kill Mel, you know, whenever she's there, uh. Owen just says one word before he dies. He gets out well, pregnant. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying like I can't remember what it is. I can't remember. Does she have like Dina, like at gunpoint or something like that? And she's like, "Don't." She's pregnant. Yeah. And and then Abby says, "Great." 
or good. Or she's like, well, that's good, or something like that. And yeah. Lev is the one that stops her. Mm-hmm. And because because she realizes that just because Mel was pregnant doesn't make it right. Her killing Dina. Yeah. And making it even. Yeah. It, it's not. It's I, I not just, that. I just. I don't know. I, there was something about her that just, I just didn't gel with her at all. But that's just me. But. Uh, looking back at the Rattlers while we're on negatives, I only have one thing to say. It's a stupid thing, but at the same time, it kind of bothered me. Uh, who the hell puts, like, a full armory right next to a prison cell? Stupid people. Well, I mean, that's where they – I'm sure that's where they took the people who they have locked up's guns. I mean, they just – they took, yeah. they took them in and then just set them there, you know. And then the whole haunting scene before you the, – the I call it the haunting scene of, like, you just – well, before you get to the end fight between Abby and Ellie, you know, the the haunting look that you get when you see all those people, like, hung up there oh, and basically yeah. just die. It took me a while to find Abby. Like, I didn't get, find Abby till the hint thing popped yeah. up. I was just like, I found Lev, and I was like, hang on, well, where's Abby? There's yeah. another girl in the pillars. I think that's what they call the them. Pillars, that looked yeah. just like Abby. And I was like, why ain't it letting me click on her? Yeah, and it's, uh, it was definitely really like traumatizing and you can really and you can see just how long she's been locked up there just oh yeah from how much muscle mass she had lost that her hair's gone yeah you know i imagine that's just a thing that they do yeah yeah like i mean well she had no way of work working out i'm sure they didn't feed her good i mean they probably they probably tortured her and everything yeah i mean if you're not keeping up the the calories and the exercise to keep that up your muscle mass is going to go down tremendously and and then also she didn't have that drive anymore either no like i mean obviously she she wasn't getting to work out that's the thing like whenever you're there at the boats and um they're getting away uh and ellie's like Ellie says something. She's like, you're going to fight me. And she's like, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I that's when this. Ellie just goes full villain. And she walks over there to Lev and puts the knife to his throat. And she's like, yes, you are. Yeah. And Abby's like, well, I have to, to try and protect him. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, too, that we get to mention that the Fireflies are still out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's where Abby was heading. Um, before she got attacked by the rattlers and everything, so the fireflies are still out there. Um, and then when you beat the game, you get that cool scene of her, uh, her boat, which we assume it's Abby's boat on Catalina Island. Yeah, which is where the fireflies said they were. Yep. Neil so. didn't confirm that that is her boat. He he would not say, but, but I mean, for obvious reasons, it, it's I obvious mean, it is. My my question, because I mean, we're kind of getting towards the end of this. I mean, we're yeah, we're, we're getting through it. But my question is, what do you think Ellie did at the end when she walks off? I think she went back to Jackson. I don't. I don't think she went back to Jackson. I think she went to find something else. Could be. I See, mean, or she could be she could be a person that lives off the land. I like, I, I do, all like kind of feel like she went back to Jackson, because Greg kind of talked about how he felt about it, and and it kind of it resonates a little bit with me, is that she understood that after everything that Joel had done to her, that she was still willing to try and fix things. Mm-hmm. That Ellie knew that if Joel did this terrible thing to me. And I was willing to try and forgive him. That maybe that maybe Dina will forgive Dina me. Dina would, and even Tommy would should be able to find. I like out. to believe that's what happens. Yeah, I, I think she went back to Jackson, but it, who knows? Yeah, I mean you don't. 
But also, I really like the opening scene of this game, too, when you have Joel explaining to Tommy, or mm-hmm. Tommy telling him what has happened. Yeah. So Tommy's known about this whole, known about this thing this whole time, and he didn't tell Ellie. So I wonder how that could possibly play later on. I don't think it, it might. But then again, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. If it, it doesn't happened. really, I don't remember the time frame on that. He might have told Tommy uh, after Ellie had found out and maybe say Tommy was confused on why they wasn't talking and all this. No, 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 no. I no, feel no. like it was shortly after they got. No, 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 no. It was, I'm pretty sure it starts. And then it gets back once you start, and then you get back to town, and then you go to the room where Ellie's at, and then I'm pretty sure it says four years later. Because then he she find, finds out two years before the events of this game. So I, I feel like Tommy's kept that secret for four years. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So I, I assume Joel has told Tommy that he's told Ellie. Now, I missed the timestamp twice on this somehow. <laughs> I don't know how. I was... I wasn't paying attention or I blinked or something. Anyway, the timestamp of when Ellie goes back to St. Mary's. Yeah. How far back was that? Two. Two years. Two years? Two years. Okay, so she's known about this for half the time they've been in Jackson. Yeah. Okay, so for half the time that they've been in Jackson, Ellie and Joel have just had nothing to do with each other. Pretty much, yeah. Well, Ellie's had nothing to do with Joel. Yeah. Like, they might see each other every now and then because they're living it. It's... it's a, it's a community, but they probably go out of their way to avoid each other, or Ellie goes out of her way to avoid Joel. Yeah, and it really it, it, the whole scene after you bury Joel and you go to his house to look around, and you know it really drives home that point too of how much he really did care about Ellie, like how he has a picture of oh walking through his house, man. Yeah, dude. Now was, I didn't go into this closet my first playthrough. Oh, where you get to smell his jacket. Yeah, yeah. Like just little things like that were just so. So she could have his seat yeah. again. I mean, I mean that's a natural thing for people to do when they've lost someone. But you also have another callback to the first game. Um, when you see Joel and Sarah's picture there in the frame, mm-hmm. that's the picture Ellie gave to Joel in the first game. Yeah. But then if you look down, it's him and Ellie. Yeah. And that shows you how much Ellie meant to him just as much as Sarah did. And Sarah was his own flesh and blood, and Ellie's just this girl. Yeah. Like, it just shows you how much of a human being Joel is, even though he's done so many terrible things and he's not an actual good person. (laughs) So, but, uh, like I said, I have minor complaints that I know that you all don't see as complaints, but that's just me. You know, even if a game's perfect, there's still going to be tiny little things that are going to be annoyances. Yeah, but things like that that people have been complaining about, I feel is a difference between a 9 and a 10, not a 9 and a 5. Yeah. Like, I don't get people rating this as a 5. It, no, it is... The, pe- the, the it people on Metacritic me are just mad because they read the leaks that Joel dies and they're pissed off. That's all that it is. Because she got killed. He and got they, killed say it's, it, they say it's SJW because they have a trans character in it and a woman kills Joel. Yeah. That's, that's all people are mad about and that's why that's when why you look at Metacritic, it's, it's a... It's a critic rating of 96 and a user rating of a 4. Yeah. And then they also showed, like, SpongeBob has, like, a Metacritic rating of, like, 4 and has a fan rating of, like, 9. Yeah. <laughs> like, complete opposite. Yeah. It's it, like, it how can you give no this a 9 <laughs> as a fan and not give Last of Us a, a 10? Like, it's stupid just because people want to be that way. No. But, no, overall, this game, like, we, we've mentioned that this game is fantastic from start to finish. I loved every second of it other than a couple tiny things, but... 
overall. I mean, if I have to throw something negative out there, it could have been a little shorter. They could have cut a little bit out. But. Oh, yeah. It, but the it, thing is... It was long for a Naughty Dog game. Well, to be fair, I feel like this game was shorter than the first one. Mm-mm. Like, it felt shorter to me. First one's like 10, 15 hours, first playthrough. For some reason, this felt shorter to me. Like, I guess because, for me, everything flowed better. Yeah. The, the first one, there's a lot more downtime of just yeah. make just making your way through the world. Yeah. And seeing this one, you don't have... In this one, you have an open world area. Yeah. In the day one Seattle part. Um, but, no, it's overall a... It's a fantastic game. And... Uh, can't wait to see what Naughty Dog does next, whether it be Uncharted Five or who knows. And probably not going to be that or Last of Us Three or Jack and Daxter remake. Who knows? Um, but no, I'm, this game is fantastic. If you haven't played it yet, please go and play this game and judge it for yourself, and don't judge based off of YouTube comments and Reddit and stupid stuff um, and Twitter and dumb stupid shit like that. So. But that's all I got. Yeah, same here. Yeah, it, it's just a great playthrough. Absolutely, would um, I would almost do it again. Trump the Last of Us Part One for sure for oh, my yeah. number one game of all time. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we're gonna wrap up with that. I feel like we did a did a pretty good review on this. Yeah, there's probably some things we missed that you can definitely let us know about. I'm sure Jeff will, you know, because <laughs> he listens to us intently. So, but uh, our biggest fan. Absolutely. All right, check us out on Instagram at the Cine Games Podcast. Mm-hmm. We're on every streaming service out there. Um, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Definitely appreciate it. And um, yeah, if you have any suggestions, just let one of us know. If you have a topic you want us to talk about, we'll definitely dive into it and see what we can do about it. All right, I think that's about it. Yep, that's it for me. Nick, you good? Yep. All right. Bye bye. See, see ya. ya.